MSW Media. Hey, this is Nick Jonas, and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. I'm Caitlin Bristow from The Bachelorette. Hey, this is tennis legend Andy Roddick. Hey, everybody, it's Big J Okerson. Hello, Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. Hi, I'm Allison Janney, and you're here with me on What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. And that's my sexy voice. Hi, this is Pat Oswalt. And this is Meredith Salinger. And you're listening to What We're Drinking with the very handsome Dan Dunn. <laughs> glug, glug. My issue is, I can't endorse you. You will suck the life out of everything. Oh, come on, really? This is John Taffer from Bar Rescue, and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. That's more like it. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. Time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. Well, this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I'm Dan Dunn. And wow, what a what an episode we've got coming up. I'm a sports fan, you know this, so I'm super pumped. NHL legend, legend, one of the greatest hockey players of all time, Chris Chelios, is going to be on, along with Jim Bob Morris, former Green Bay Packer great. You're not going to believe what these crazy guys have done. I don't know where they came up with the idea, but they decided to start their own tequila brand. Can you believe it? Famous people getting into the tequila game. Where did they come up with that idea? So we're going to talk to them about it, and I'm I'm excited because I, I got a I got a couple bones to pick with Chelios. He was a real son of a bitch when it came to the Flyers, my beloved Philadelphia Flyers. Every time we played the Blackhawks, Chelios was the man that would make the Flyers look foolish. I'm going to call him to the mat on that, and I'm sure he'll be. Uh, because we're doing it over Zoom. If it was in person, I wouldn't say anything because he he scares me. And I, I got to figure Jim Bob Morris, former Green Bay Packer, is not a man to be try. Is not a man to mess with either. But over Zoom, say whatever I want. It's gonna do. Reach through the computer and punch me. I dare you, tough guy athletes. Anyway, speaking of drinking, because that's all we speak of on this show. Shit's going crazy, folks. What in the hell? When this episode air drops, the day this drops, the following day, I got to get on an airplane because I'm going to New York City. Might as well tell you that right now. New York City, November 12th. We are doing what we're drinking with Dan Dunn live with friends at the Stand Comedy Club in New York City. A command performance after our sold out show back in June. We're doing it again this Friday, November 12th. For tickets, go to the standnyc.com. It's going to be me, uh, Nashi Marrera, Justin Silver, Big J, Okerson, Brad Jaffe, and a, a host of other people might filter through, including the gentleman that I'm going to be speaking with in about 30 seconds. Because, again, flying to New York, I got to get on a plane. And I'm nervous, not about the plane crashing, but who the fuck's going to be on the plane with me because people are losing their minds on airplanes and I, we need to get to the bottom of this. And to help me do that, please welcome back our Brooklyn correspondent and our uh, air travel, course, official air travel correspondent of what we're drinking with Dan Dunn, Scott Alexander. Scott, how are you? That is me, Dan. I'm the official air travel correspondent brooklyn correspondent and general all around pain in the ass now scott you and i i we used to fly a lot not so much anymore we were men about the world we were uh, urbane we were uh we had situations going on places to go we were like the late great ricky what's his last name henderson I'm a traveling man, made a lot of the... What was his name? Harry, Harriet, Ozzy, Harry. What? What's his name? Holy Little shit, I'm, I'm getting Alzheimer's. <laughs> Little Ricky. Ricky Nelson. Ricky That's it. Nelson. Ricky Nelson. He go. was a traveling man, and so are we. All right. Many years ago, Scott was my editor 
at a magazine that featured boobies called Playboy. All right. It so, was another time. It was back when those kinds of things were fun to do. They were fun. I don't know if we did it for Playboy, we did it for Food Republic, but we wrote a piece that has since appeared because I, I'm a recycler. You know that. I like to recycle. <laughs> I care about the environment. This piece has appeared everywhere, including in my book, Living Loaded, and it was a, a thing we wrote about how to drink while flying. Okay, some tips on how to drink while flying. And I went back and looked at it, Scott, and it seems almost quaint. Well, it's funny because back then we were saying it seemed quaint the way we used to travel on airplanes. People used to get dressed up. They used to get fancy, you know, and there was like, you know, stylish flight attendant uniforms and, you know, people, people, it was an event. And we were bemoaning, we were bemoaning the casualness people took air flight and, and talking about ways to jazz it up. And you're absolutely right about that. I mean, I, now it's kind of a nightmare, as, as you know. But so one, of, so we had a series of tips, and some of them still hold up. The, I think the first tip we were talking about was while you're at the terminal, if you're, if you're a worried flyer, you need to rank your pre-flight worry on a scale of one to five. Do you remember this, oh, guy? Yeah. Do you remember this yeah, thing? Yeah. I think you came up. You came up because you're a smart guy. You came up with yeah. this. So a one well, it's, would it's be one of your the good slight- things in the column. Yeah, that is it's one of you. Then, then the stuff I wrote. But uh, one is you're slightly apprehensive, and a five is you're you're really really afraid to get on that plane. Yep. And that number happens to be the number of drinks that you should have at the bar near your departure gate before you get on the plane. If you're on the four, you're very worried. Four glasses of wine might take the edge off do you still think that's uh, well i think now you need to add another metric where you then also have to rank your anger level on a one to five and subtract that from the number of drinks you're gonna have (laughs) yes so if you're super anxious if you're a five in anxiety but a two in anger you're only having three drinks (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's right. If if you're really worried about turbulence, but you also hate critical race theory, <laughs> and you feel the need to share that your hatred of critical race theory with everybody on that plane at thirty thousand feet, yes. But if you're if you're just as angry as you are anxious, no drinks for you. I'm sorry. Like I hate to say that on your show, Dan. I know it's blasphemy, but you know it's no. But you know what? How about this? How about an edible? I'll oh, see. That's that's cheating. This is this isn't what we're nibbling with, Dan Dunn. Like if they handed out edibles on the way onto the airplane, it would be a better world. But you know, the, the, we don't we don't live in that world. We I, I just imagine that two, two hours into the flight, everyone's just like lightly giggling and you know eating terra chips. It's like it's yeah, a better and- world. But booze start the airlines started down the booze path. The airlines basically were always saying, "We're as soon as we get up in the air." As soon as we're leveled off enough to where we can walk up and down the thing, we're going to get a giant cart, we're going to fill it with booze, and we're going to walk it down the aisle like, who wants booze? It's the best. It's a system that worked. I mean, the Wright brothers. The Wright, <laughs> the Wright brothers, brothers were sneaking. Came up they with were that. Sneaking mini, they were sneaking they mini were bottles the first on the flights of Kitty Hawk. Cart. Yes. yes. Pioneers. <laughs> right. Well, because they didn't have to deal with TSA and all that. Now, they made it so out of bicycle understand- parts. It was really cool. Just so everyone understands the seriousness of what we're talking about here, I went on and did some research. Uh, this is an article on on aarp.com because oh, or .org. Doing a little, you know, uh, that, well, that's a little research. That's good. What, well, that's what I read now. <laughs> uh-huh. you know? So um, it gives an example. It talks about how outrageous behavior and a lot of it alcohol fueled uh-huh. has been happening. So this is an example. Back in July, a guy named Maxwell Wilkinson Berry spilled a drink on his clothes. He went to the restroom. And then he came back without a shirt. The flight attendant helped him retrieve a clean top from his luggage. But then he allegedly groped the flight attendant and one of his one of her colleagues. When he was confronted, he bragged about how rich his parents were. And then he took a swing at one of the male flight attendants. And this video went viral, and they had the fellow passengers had to jump up and restrain this motherfucker. And then they ducked. Take them See, to I'm the seat. I'm going to go ahead and say this guy was not anxious enough. Really? Yeah, he, if he was more anxious, he never would have. So it's like he had too many drinks for his anxiety level. The, the, the system holds is what I'm trying to say. Okay. The, you know, right. rank your anxiety. If your anxiety's low, just get on the stupid plane, you know? 
Have a have a drink yeah. on the plane. You can't get drunk. Well, you know why you can't get drunk enough now on the planes. I flew recently to Texas, and I was like, ah, great. On my way home from my parents' house. You know what I'm having on this flight? It's 10 in the morning, and I'm having a Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary, please. She hands me Bloody Mary mix. I'm like, yeah, it's the other part of the thing now. And she's like, oh, no. No more booze in coach. Oh, and that brings up another. No more booze very... in coach. Beer and wine only. Airplane wine. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not. going. To, I, I love you, Dan. I love what we're drinking with Dan Dunn, but I'm not going to drink the airplane wine. You shouldn't. It's like it's like uh, Prudo, right? <laughs> it's Prudo. They uh, it's make like it. Prudo. They make it in the back. <laughs> Prudo. Yeah. So this brings Story up an interesting line. point, Scott. A lot of airlines, and we had a list, but I didn't. I forgot to bring it up. But there are certain airlines that have either banned it altogether. Southwest, right? Yeah, didn't a they couple of them have altogether? no drinking at all, and some have just said it's beer and wine only in coach, which is like in coach. But this is the thing: for are first class people less. Asshole, less assholes than the people. Oh, of course. Because they're, they're, they're wealthy. That means they're better people. <laughs> but this guy here, he refutes that notion. He was screaming at how everybody how wealthy he was. This well, is what the guy are you that doing in coach, then, the buddy? Yeah, what are you doing in coach? <laughs> By the way, do you remember this, though? They duct taped them to the seat, yeah. and then the flight attendants got in trouble for doing that. Right. See, I think they should have a new rule, a new dispensation where there's no booze in coach. That's fine. Unless. You've been duct taped to your seat. <laughs> and so they'll duct tape to your seat and then you can drink as much as you want. And you can like sign up for that option you know, on the website. Yeah. When you buy your ticket, you can say, do you want to be duct taped to your seat? And with a little here's, hamster here go, thing sir, of vodka a, coming in your mouth. Here's a blanket yeah. and here's a roll of 3M for yep. you. Will you be drinking today? Yes, I will. All right. <laughs> you in? And then you can't hurt anyone, and you know, it's problem solved. Would you like a catheter? Yes, I would. Uh, in case I got to pee, what are those pee? Yeah, they, they they catheterize you. They give you a hamster bottle full of vodka, and they just duct tape to your seat, and everyone's happy. A lot of this, Scott, is now being fueled by the political divide in this country, and I think that the thing that orig- originally inspired us to talk about this was the there was recently a Southwest airline pilot signed off after a flight with the message, let's go Brandon, which has lately become a stand-in for fuck Joe Biden. What? What? For those of you who haven't seen it. This is the first time hearing of this. Watch the video. Guy won a race, and uh, it's down in the south Was the pilot drinking before he did that? I mean, I think that displays (laughs) some sort of slightly wacky judgment. I don't want my pilot making any political statement of any kind. I don't care what there's what they think in their heart, however they feel is how they feel. That's fine. But like don't land, you know, and and be like uh, you know, Marvel movies are the best. Like I just don't want your opinion. You know? You and I talked about this a long In fact, I think we wrote about this a very very long time ago. There was a guy uh, a pilot named Fiendinson? I feel like that was the name. And this is a, I think that was Fiendinson the name of the guy who got duct taped like to his seat, actually. So he, this is years ago, and this was when there had been a couple of incidences. There was one where this religious fanatic crashed the plane. Do you remember this? Right in the side ago. of a yeah, mountain. The and world. then there was another guy that was over the ocean. That w- I think he was an Islamic yep. uh, extremist, and he... Screamed something over the thing and then nosedived the plane into the ocean. So this wasn't too long after that. And this was a pilot in the in the U.S. And at thirty five thousand feet, he came over the uh, over the PA and started ask talking to the passengers about their personal relationship with Jesus Christ right. and how they needed to find God for salvation. Now, and this is what I if mean. I'm up it's there, whatever thing you are have strong, strong, strong feelings about, like I, the. The passengers on the flight don't need to know about them. Exactly. Because if you're going to crash happened- them into the into the ocean, I don't want to know that it was because of Jesus. And imagine if that happened now and you're on a Southwest flight. There's no booze. You can't even cushion the fall by being drunk. Uh, like, gin and tonic, please. I'm going to crash sober? As soon as the pilot this... starts talking about Jesus, yeah, you need that drink cart right away. <laughs> I, would like to, I would like to receive communion, skip the wafer, bring the fucking right, wine, quick. Yeah, well, not the wine, not um, the pruno. 
No, but I, I did, so here's the thing that when they have booze in first class though, and they don't have booze in coach, I have a solution to that too. What you is? get together with really, fly with your friends. One of you gets a seat in first class. The rest of you sit in coach, and you just—it's like going into the concert. You just keep swapping seats. One of you is in first class, you know, at all times. You cycle it through, <laughs> get, you get the free booze, but for four. I like this. Yeah, but how do we? How do we? Because I think we both agree here, Scott. We do not want this banning of alcohol to continue. Don't want this. No. It, it can't. I. I. I, I don't want to live in a world. Where I can't get a nice little buzz going before, like when I go to New York in a couple of days, tomorrow when I leave for New York, I'd like to, you know. Look, it's an international airport in LA. You go to duty free, you pick up a bottle of Jack, you know. Do they let you, I don't think they let you do it though. You can't bring it on the plane. You can bring it? What, you can't bring your duty free purchase on the plane? You can bring it on the plane. You're not, you are, it is illegal to drink it. So. Oh. So. Says who? So you also bring. Who made him a captain? First of all, <laughs> now I'm doing the George Carlin routine. Remember, who made this Why guy is he a captain? In charge? <laughs> Tell him Air Marshal Dunn said, "Fuck you, I'm drinking my Jack." No, you just need a a, a, a bottle of Coca Cola, which they also sell in the airport. Okay. You pour that out, you fill it up with your Jack Daniels, and you're just oh, having a nice cola I see on the where airplane. You're going see? Here. That's an actual practical solution you can do, and also go to jail. Let's say you walk on, you're walking on the plane, you got a big goofy smile on your face, mm. you're holding a big yep. gulp, and the, and the flight attendant suspects possible rule breaking in, in play here. Are they legally authorized to ask you to open up your big gulp so they can smell it and see if there's any alcohol in well, there? I'm, I'm sure they are authorized to do that, but yeah, it's your job not to, because if you can make it onto the plane with a big gulp full of vodka... You can make some serious cash back in coach. You know, <laughs> it's true. everyone just orders their their little uh, mixer, and you just hey, everyone just get bloody merry mix. Five bucks a five bucks a nip out of my big gulp. I got a better idea. What about this? You pretend you're dying of cancer. Yeah. Right. And you uh, have to have an IV. You get some sort of. You get a note from your doctor. Okay. You've got it. So you come on. You got the, the you got the pole with the IV hanging from yeah. it, and they got the IV drip into your arm. But what they don't know is that IV is full of gin, and the tube in your arm has a little nozzle where you can just stick the arm well, up. Well, you just you just medically <laughs> tube it all the way up to your mouth, and just make a little straw coming out your shirt, and just. And you can offer it to passengers nearby. Five bucks a pop. <laughs> there you go. Well, hey, you want a little IV action? So I was actually thinking, do you remember where they used to train the uh, astronauts in those planes that go up and down? They call them the vomit comet. The vert, uh, yeah, yeah, where you, it simulates weightlessness. Exactly. And they, 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 oh, they take out all the seats. Oh, you, uh, hold on a second. You know I remember it, and, and you might as well say it right now. I pussed out. Just fucking say okay. it. I know that's what's on you your mind. Out. Years ago, when I was, I think it was when I was writing for Playboy, I got offered yeah. an opportunity to go up and do that. Mm-hmm. The guy was going to make a martini at zero gravity, and Scott was like, you got to do gotta this. You got to go. Scott did it. Oh, you can say it, Scott, because Scott's braver than me. Okay. He did it. And so I agreed to do it, and then I backed out because I got afraid. Well, look, th- th- right, is this that is your is that chance. Where you no, this, this is your chance to redeem yourself. We, you get a plane, okay. you take out all plane. the seats first. First, get you a take plane. out all got the it. seats again, right? The airlines need to do this. Let's be. I'm not saying I'm going to do it. Take out all the seats, you pad it up just like the, the and then it's just like as much booze as you want. <laughs> And, and, and people and, bouncing and off there's the no, ceiling. There's no up and down. There's no zero gravity stuff, but it is still called the vomit comet. Oh, I thought it was zero gravity. I, I think it'd be better so, zero you just gravity. make it so you can hose it out. No, the vomit comet, that's purely just branding. That's just good branding. When they, what if they did it with zero gravity and then they just shoot some vodka in there? So the, gra- the vodka's literally floating <laughs> in the air like in space. Bubbles of vodka and people are just air. going, gobble, gobble. Yeah. like Pac-Man. They're going around like right. vodka. Okay. So is there a solution, Scott? You are the man people look to as the aviation expert for what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. What is the solution to how do you stop these idiots from ruining the fun for the rest of us? You let the cabin crew drink, but uh, the passengers have to stay sober. My, I was thinking we just reelect Trump because that would just make them all happy everything. again. If we just reelect Trump, then 
Then yeah, have everyone was completely happy when he was president. So I don't see why they wouldn't be completely happy again now. But I'm saying the anti-Trump people aren't the ones normally prone to this type of behavior, right? A lot of this behavior we're seeing is either I don't know Trumpism if you noticed, or anti-mask. But pro-Trump folk were also not happy when he was president. They seem to get angrier too. Everyone gets angry. <laughs> anyway. Oh, the anger. Well, we solved that. I think so I think there's God. some sort of Ocean's Eleven like solution to this or is this like a collective action problem like you either need to get like a baggage handler outfit you know and a and fake a a pass into the airport and then you can like get onto the airplane before it goes and hide booze in your seat that's one way you need jet lee for that uh (laughs) if you can't get jet lee get brad pitt um, what about Jackie Chan? He's a little, <laughs> little older. He can't, well, what about can't this idea? Here's an idea. What about some sort of an app? Okay, stay with me here. Every time you go to a bar, at the end of your bar stay, you hand the app to the and the bartender just gives you a little rating. Like this guy's cool. He did not get in a fight. Oh. He didn't start any shit. So it's like clear almost. It's mm-hmm. like it's like the TSA pre for drinkers. So you get a rating. You get a rating on your app. Right. So when you get on the plane, you go look. I've got a four point well, like eight rating. It's like your Uber rating for for exactly, drinking, and they're like bars. So if you get on the plane and you've got a three point seven rating, uh, you're like this motherfucker. No one... This dude is two vodkas away from fucking storming the cockpit, so he cannot drink. But me with my four point eight rating, we'll say, all right, you can have four point eight means you can have six drinks, uh, one you per can hour. Drink twice your rating. Flight. You can you can whatever your rating is, you can drink twice of it. Twice it, yeah. So yeah, you're good for nine drinks. You got this. Yeah. I mean, cross country flight nine drinks isn't a lot. Uh, um, oh, okay, Dan. Uh, what's your? I'll bleep what's that your part new, out. Uh, forwarding show, address. We're all, we're all about responsible <laughs> drinking here. Now it's time to talk Batiste rum. Yeah, Batiste. That's my Jimmy the Jam, my bad man, Majama. Talking about the first sustainable American craft rum, which I like to call a 3R rum, because the makers of Batiste Rum practice regenerative agriculture, use renewable energy, and they make responsible choices. From start to finish, Batiste Rum is made from 100% pure fresh cane juice. Not using molasses, they're not using sugar crystals. If you dig your tequila 100% agave, you are going to dig the shit out of your rum. 100% cane juice. Juice. It's distilled sunshine, baby. And that's why I drink it. And right now, Batiste Rum has a special offer for my listeners. 15% off all orders. To get this deal, you gotta go to BatisteRum.com. That's B-A-T-I-S-T-E-R-H-U-M.com. Put a bunch of Batiste Rum in your shopping cart. And when you're checking out, enter code WWD15. That's WWD15 to get 15% off your purchase of Batiste Rum, which I love and which is proof that great taste with true sustainability is not a goal for tomorrow, people. It's a reality today. <laughs> All right. So Scott and I saw... Thank you, Scott, for helping solve uh, the course. airline crisis. But before I let you go, because everybody loves this segment and, and, and you and I hatch this thing, I want to I wanna do a... Do you mind just two minutes or so? We do a little uh, thing outside the outside zone. Outside the zone? Outside is the, it time? Outside the zone, folks is where we I get a lot of pitches. I get about 20 email pitches a day or more from publicists. Most of the time they're very helpful. It's 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 how I do this job. I couldn't do this job without helpful publicists who not only give me ideas but they ply me with booze. But not all pitches are created equal, Scott. Some of them. It's not all, but some are a little ridiculous. Come on. Okay? And when we get ridiculous pitches, Pitches that are outside the zone. I want you to throw the next one at the mascot. Why? I'm finally throwing it where I want to throw it. Just throw it at the ball, right? Just a bit outside. <laughs> we take them on right here. No, here's you make one it I just sound got. like PR people just make stuff up. It, I know. Who? No, they're they're all mostly pros. Mostly. Okay. No, we won't name names. We don't, we're not going to be vicious here. We're not going to name names or companies. Might name brand names, but I'll bleep them out. Okay, so here we go. Pitch I just got, Scott. Ready? Feel free to unpack this. At any, just jump in anytime okay. you want. Hi, Dan. 
So far, we're off to a good start. Yeah. Hi, Dan. The best ones start there. With martinis trending more than ever this fall. Thanks, double. Then it says, thanks, 007. It sounds like she's mad. Is she mad? Thanks a lot, 007, for making my category hot again. God, now I have to do work. (laughs) Exactly. Like, what? But is that true? I don't know. Is that, are martinis trending more than ever right now because of the new Bond movie? He drinks Vespers. He drinks Vespers, though. He doesn't doesn't drink drink martinis. martinis. Yeah, I know. All right. I wanted to put another A-lister slash royal approved martini on your radar. Royal approved. Any at this point, royal approved is more of a warning than a uh, guarantee. Because who doesn't look up to the royal family? <laughs> right. Prince Andrew said his stuff is great. Prince Andrew loves this. <laughs> he get, he gives it to all his friends. That's right. He likes it with with a young spirit too. Okay, so now uh, oh, here we. No. Oh, too soon. All right. Um, Elaine's smoky martini. From New York's esteemed Bemelman's Bar. Okay, Bemelman's is a legit bar yes. here. It's a classic. Okay. Yeah. All right, here we go. We're getting into the meat of the pitch here. Here we go. Harry and Meghan Markle were recently spotted drinking the beloved bar's priciest designer martini, that's in quotation marks, with fashion designer Misha Nonu credited as the matchmaker for setting them up and her husband mikey hess the 35 dollars lane smoke and their dog's optometrist's cousin that's right and their foofy little dogs first of all i hate all of these people already but we'll get to that in a second so the 35 dollars lane smoky martini is a decadent take on the classic gin martini blending together the creme de la creme Oh, oh, extra creme. Little uh, creme, not just the creme. That might creme. be a little too much creme for me. <laughs> Martini essential ingredients. I.E. This is an example. $35. 35 Okay, bucks. what's in it? What's in it? The premium quality gin of your choice. Noily Prot oh, Prot any, any gin, any gin you like <laughs> for $35. <laughs> okay. This is interesting. Usually they're promoting a brand. They're not doing it, yeah. I think they're okay. promoting the place. Noily Pratt oh. Vermouth, which we all love, but in parentheses, yeah, in parentheses, it says the celeb chef favored original premier French vermouth crafted by the sea. Oh, that's that's the product. That's what she. So the sea. Who is Neptune? Who's making crafted by the sea <laughs> <laughs> from the depths of the ocean comes vermouth. <laughs> Neptune has come up. When Neptune emerges from the waves, he carries a bottle of liquor for which you you will squaff and celebrate. And he brings you vermouth. Like, you know, he doesn't. He does not bring you vermouth. He brings you either one of two things, scotch or gin. No way he brings you anything other than scotch or gin. Scotch is made by the sea. (laughs) <laughs> that's true. That's true. Oh wait, maybe maybe we have come upon the sponsor of this. Or rum, now now we know rum. who's behind Neptune. This. <laughs> and I love this brand, and maybe off the beat, it. but and Lagavulin sixteen Scotch whiskey. Okay. So wait, gin, vermouth, and a heavily peated Scotch. Gross. What? I mean, it sounds it sounds super gross. I mean, there's probably is there just a touch? Maybe it's just a like a drop, basically like a. Half a dropper full, like well, the way you would use bitters is what. Like no, that could be well, yes. good. Here's the rest. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you don't make it a whiskey forward thing, but you throw it on there, like either float it or just put a dropper full in there to give it a smoky like thing. Maybe. Well, it's I'll, okay. I'll give you the rest. Uh-huh. Here it is. Here it is. Two and a half ounces of gin, a yes. half an ounce of the Lagavulin 16. That's too much. A half an ounce of the Noily Pratt Vermouth. That's too much of that. It says add ingredients. To a cocktail shaker over ice, stir and then strain into a martini glass. Finish with the essence of a lemon peel, twist and then garnish with that lemon peel. Exclamation point! Well, I'm glad she ended strong. Yeah, you got to end it with that. that lemon peel. Yes, Let's do it with that lemon peel. Easily recreated at home, it's the ultimate level up martini. Okay. Why does it cost $35? Why? That is a regular martini. That is two and a half ounces of gin, a half ounce of vermouth. Okay. 
and one quarter of a pour of scotch. Are you asking why, Scott? Did you forget? I'm sorry. It's royal approved. Royalty drinks it, Scott. If you want to be like royalty, you got to pay, buddy. I've always been like wanted to be like royalty, but the, the legal bills just add up and add up and add up. But this one I love, too. It's the ultimate level-up martini to add to your rotation for a Lux Night in L-U-X-E, Lux Night in L- Lux. A black tie gathering. Oh, at home? I get, you know, who knows? Get out the tux, Dad. Get We're staying out. in. It's Arbor Day. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, or a spot of matchmaking. See what they did there? She brought it back. Uh, with the, match, to the matchmaker. With the spot and the wire spot. Great oh, to that, hear if oh. this cocktail could interest for any upcoming news bites or cocktail features. Or if you want to fucking rip us to shreds on your podcast. She didn't have right, that. Exactly. She didn't well, maybe before you did this, you should have asked if they can get uh, Harry and Meghan on the show. <laughs> That would have been great. Or that lady's optometrist dog's cousin. I, man, I just, I don't know what goes through the minds there. But, but how about this? What if everybody got to drink that martini on an airplane? Maybe they'd behave because they'd be like, this motherfucker's 35 bucks. If they take this away from me, I'm out 35 beans. Well, that was the other weird thing. Like the way airplanes used to, anyway, I, you don't have to cut that in. We're not talking about airplanes anymore. <laughs> It used to be very oh, economical. No, you go, man. I want to hear this. I want to hear. But this. it used to be very economical to drink in airplanes. You get in an airplane everywhere else in the airport. It's like fifteen dollars for a drink, and you get in the airplane like it's five. Yeah. You're like oh, cool, five bucks for a nip of uh, booze and thirty thousand feet. Great, you know. So they start charging thirty five bucks on the plane. I'm actually pretty angry about. It. How old do we sound right now? We're bitching about airline <laughs> prices. I just read an article from AARP.com. It's okay. Oh we're still smuggling booze under, into places. Scott Alexander, everybody. I'm going to see you, Scott, this Friday night, November 12th at the oh, hell stand. Yeah, I'll be there. Com- Scott will be there. If you want to come get an autograph from him, he will be there signing autographs as he does. That's right. uh, there's going to be a lot I'm of I'm usually pe- on that corner signing autographs anyway. So The Stand, New York City, Friday night, November 12th. Go to the standnyc.com for tickets. Scott, I can't wait to see you, brother. Thank you for joining us. Get back out there. Find out what's happening. In the- By the way, we're reassigning you now. Now that we've covered airlines, we're yeah. reassigning you to cruise ships. So we're going to need you out on a cruise ship soon. Can't wait. Yeah. Uh, Good. I'll I'll stake out Bellman's Bar until I get my next assignment. We're sending you some N95 masks. We got the booster shot coming, and then we're putting your ass on a fucking cruise ship. I want to find out what's going on on these cruise ships. What's the scene? What's the scene? And by the way, out here. And by the way, when you're on the cruise ship, make sure you. All right. Who do we got? I'm going to call you Gramps. I'm going to call you Pops. Make sure you mention you're a correspondent on the show that regularly cites AARP.com. <laughs> right. Totally going to get you yes. laid, man. Scott Alexander, everybody. And we'll be right back <laughs> with Chris Chelios and Jim Bob Morris. It's that time of year again. New Year's. It's that time of year where we make those resolutions about dropping weight, answering our mom's calls, staying in touch with friends. It always feels like the perfect time to refocus on what we want in life, but it's easy to get stuck looking back on all of the resolutions we didn't keep last year. This year, there's one resolution I am definitely keeping, and that's making my mental health a priority. Make it part of your daily routine with Talkspace. Talkspace personally matches you with a licensed therapist you could connect with right from your phone or computer. I've been in therapy for years, but it's always been so challenging to find the right person. I've bounced around to different therapists and it's always, does this one take my insurance? Is this one close to my house? With Talkspace, you can do it from the comfort of your own home. Listen, everyone could use someone to talk to. I personally deal with some anxiety and my problem at night is those racing thoughts that I can't turn off. I'm up all hours of the night thinking about everything that everyone ever said to me and how am I going to get through this? My therapist at Talkspace taught me some really awesome breathing techniques that help me calm my mind, calm my body, and give me a more restful sleep. 
Connecting with a licensed therapist on Talkspace can help you feel better. And it's secure. No one's going to hear what you say. And that's the best part. Let all that talk fly. Unlike traditional therapy, Talkspace fits your schedule, not the other way around. Talkspace treats your privacy and security as their top priority. You get access to private virtual room with just you and your therapist. You can send your therapist messages 24-7 and get replies throughout the day. No need to wait for that weekly appointment. You owe it to yourself to make mental health a priority this year. And Talkspace makes it easy to keep. Visit Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month when you use promo code STARBURNS at sign up. That's S-T-A-R-B-U-R-N-S. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com, promo code STARBURNS. And now, a word from one of our dream sponsors, Blatt's Beer, circa 1950s. You know, if I didn't have the can right in my hand... I'd say this beer came straight from the tap. Hold everything. Let's hear that again. If I didn't have the can right in my hand, I'd say this beer came straight from the tap. Flats taste so good because it's all draft brewed. Some brewers make a different beer for bottles and cans than they do for the tap. But we take our draft brewed beer, pasteurized of course, bottle it, and can it. That's why Blatt's tastes so good. I'm from Milwaukee, and I ought to know Why Blatt's beer tastes great wherever you go All Blatt's is draft brewed, that's why you hear Blatt's is Milwaukee's finest beer Draft brewed Blatt's, Milwaukee's favorite premium beer Now at local prices Joining me now on the show Former NFL player and a former NHL player. For those of you out there that don't care about sports, that's the National Football League and the National Hockey League. First up, played for the Green Bay Packers. Packers? Jim Bob Morris. Jim Bob, how are you? Good, Dan. How are you? It's good to see you, man. Thanks for joining us. And also with us, a guy, as a Philadelphia Flyers fan, a guy who was a bane of our existence for many years with several different teams. He is, in in a lot of people's opinion, maybe the greatest defenseman to ever play in the National Hockey League. He is a Hall of Famer, Chris Chelios. How are you, man? Good, uh, thank you. And oh, I should mention that you guys are the founders of El Bandito Yankee Tequila Company, which is a brand new, brand new ultra spirit, premium spirits brand. And they just launched a uh, two different expressions of tequila, a Blanco and a Reposado. I just got a chance to try it. It's great stuff. And I want to hear all about it. Guys, let's first off, let's start. How do you know each other? Uh, okay. We met at a charity golf tournament, my charity golf tournament about two and a half years ago in Chicago. We've been doing that for a long time since, since I came back to the Hawks in 91. Um, and you know those charity tournaments go a little bit of drinking, then a lot of drinking, and then you come up with ideas. So I'll let Jim Bob explain the rest. Yeah, Chris got me drinking tequila. He was drinking tequila, and he claimed that it was the if we were going to be drinking, it was the healthiest drink to be drinking. And so he got me started drinking tequila, and then I started learning about good tequilas and what good tequilas meant. And and uh, one night we were. Uh, we were out late after hell. This was, I guess, this was December twenty second of twenty nineteen, and we were drinking some tequila. and And Chris had ordered, it and I basically said, "I don't like it." It was a competitor's tequila. I could taste the additives in it, and I said something about, you know, I don't like it. And Chris goes, "Maybe we should start our own." And I go, "That's a damn good idea. Maybe we should." And I asked him, I said, "Do you have a name for this tequila? If we were to do so?" And he said, "Yeah, I do." Uh, you ever see the movie Butch Cassidy, Sundance Kid? And I said, yeah, about a thousand times. And he said, well, there's a line in there after they robbed a bank in Bolivia and they're chasing him. And the colonel goes, El Bandido, Yankees. And I looked at Chris and I gave a pregnant pause. I started shaking my head. I go, yeah, yeah, I can see that. We can work with that. And voila, <laughs> we got to going on it. It was, it was really, that's how it went. Some say that it's the Banditos. Young keys. Now let me let me ask you. Well, first of all, Chris, I want to go back to what you said very quickly about the golf tournament. Actually, Chicago, you're absolutely right. On the many years ago, I played in a golf tournament in Scottsdale, Arizona. 
Chicago has that connection. A lot of the people, the snowbirds go down to Chicago and they would do a Chicago, they did a Chicago bears golf tournament down there. And I lo and behold, get paired up with none other than Gail Sayers. Wow. I mean, just the great hall of famer, the late Gail Sayers now, but, and Gail was pretty buttoned up, right? You know, I'm like, yeah, Gail's a little stiff. He was a little, have you ever met him, Chris? Oh yeah. Very reserved, very quiet. Very yeah. reserved, very quiet. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be a long round. And then at one point, the, uh, they, they came by with the cart with the booze. And I said, uh, Gail, can I get you? You want something? He says, oh, I'm good. I said, you sure? And he goes, okay, I'll have a vodka cranberry. So I get him a vodka cranberry. And I said, to the, I said, hey, make this a double, will you? I give it to Gail. They come back around again three holes later. Hey, you want another? Yeah, I'll have another one. Another double for D. By the 10th hole, Gail Sayers was like my best friend, a completely different guy. He's like, you're not going to, he's heckling me. He's doing it. And I'm like, I mean, crazy. So yes, drinking on a golf course tends to open people up a little bit. Now, guys, when you were starting with this idea, we're talking about two years ago, let's face it. There has been a spate of celebrity backed tequila brands that have come out. Were you at all worried about that? Was that something you gave thought to, or it just didn't matter? Uh, I'll go first. I mean, we didn't care. Like we played sports, you're competitive. So it's not like we're thinking we're going to, you know, blow everybody's doors off or be the best or, you know, we just, at first, initially we wanted to just create something that was really clean and pure and have fun with it. Most of all uh, with the group of people we're working with, um, you know, and just to to try it. I've been in a restaurant bar business my whole life and uh, enjoyed it. And this is a different, you know, different way to go about it being in the liquor business and you know it's been a great experience so far and that as far as the other companies and stuff you, you want to measure up i mean let's just say you know that we'll mention casamigos because those you know two of them are my friends um i i watched randy gerber build that from day one and he had a blast and it looked like a lot of fun so i figured what the heck you know i, I wouldn't mind trying that we're getting some of that Casamigos money too, right? <laughs> Jesus. Well, yeah. I mean, I think those guys, the... yeah, those guys put in $250,000 each, right? That was, I think, the seed money that they each put up and what, four years later? Billion dollars? Yeah. Yeah. 250 twice, actually. They put in 250 twice. But anyway, the bad, it's good math for sure. Yeah, right. Now, where, you're making this as a Highlands tequila. Uh, let's talk. And you, you get your master distiller, uh, is Karina Rojo is the making, is making the juice for you. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the, the, the flavor profile and how you guys uh, came to that. Did you have a specific sort of, uh, taste in mind going in and how much of a role did you guys play in the development of the actual tequila? Well, the development of it, uh, and the taste profile is 100% ours is that we, uh, we didn't want any product with additives. We, I, I have an ingredients company as well. And so I've got a, I, I would think I got a, a relatively decent uh, palate, but uh, I know that it was, it was actually it was quite remarkable that, that Chris and myself and, and uh, the other few folks that we had when we were developing the profile, we all agreed and we wanted something clean. We wanted something delicious. We wanted something certainly with, with, you know, zero additives. We also wanted to to do it the old way. You know, we wanted to to work with the copper stills, the the old uh, ovens. We didn't believe in this newfangled way that so many of our competitors. You brought up our competitors. Well, there's 2,574 tequila brands as of yesterday. Okay, so uh, yeah, it's competitive market. There's no doubt about it. And I, my kids were saying to me, he says, Dad, why don't you get in something that's less competitive? I go. Well, when you kids find it, let me know. <laughs> we'll get into that line of business. But but the fact of it is, is that when we started putting this profile together, we went down to Guadalajara and uh, at the Locos uh, outside of uh, Guadalajara, about an hour and a half to the west. And you go up the highlands and, you know, you start start seeing the agaves there, they're they're, uh, they're They start picking up, you know, as you go up, you know, we're about six thousand feet. Uh, where our uh, distillery's at, and that's where Karina, the master distiller, is located. But you're going up a major highway, and then then you kind of get off on on a less busier highway, and then off to off to your right there, you're you're going to be headed north. There's a uh, a uh, little dirt road, a little cobblestone dirt road, and you go down it and you got agaves. It's just all blue Weber agaves. And and what I really liked about it, it had that really charming old 
old school feel. It had the white uh, stucco house with the red uh, tile bricks on it. And that was an old farmhouse. And then the distillery was behind it. And so I, I immediately, when we got there, I knew this was where we wanted to go. And then we met Karina, uh, you know, certainly after we arrived and, you know, 25 years she spent as a woman in this industry, getting to the top of your game. I mean, it, it, it would, it would be, and my equivalent would be like having a, a woman all of a sudden emerge and be the head coach of a NHL hockey team or NFL football team. It's that hard. Yeah, you're right. I mean, look, there's a lot of, a lot of progress is being made across the industry uh, with, in terms of women emerging. And, and what's crazy about it is their palates are better. They, 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 I think a lot of the, in Scotch, you're starting to see that a lot now, but I think it's great that you guys are doing that. Um, What I got when I tried this tequila, what I really like about it was there's a really nice balance between sort of the, the the citrus notes that I was getting and then you got a little bit of that spice but there was a real uh a, a sweetness not a cloying sweetness but it just a, a, the balanced out that citrus in a really nice way I thought it was very smooth very drinkable and uh it's a it's a damn good tequila and what, what are we talking about price price point now for these about 40 bucks yeah we made about 38 on the Blanco and then uh on the Reposado, we're going to be just uh, right around forty, uh, and it's, it's it's price. I mean, we're punching above our our uh, our playing weight. Is that we're going after the the big boys? You know, it's a it's an ultra premium, um, and, and you hit it right on the 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 the, the you know the the nose of the deal is that it's um uh it's it's got a, it's so smooth it's criminal. That's our tagline, and we developed it to be smooth. Chris and I both. What I was saying was amazing about it is that we both had a similar palette directive that we were going after. And we went down there, you know, half a dozen times back and forth, back and forth. And I, I got to the feeling that I thought maybe Chris and some of the other guys would just like it to just have too many good sampling parties. Okay. Uh, sure. <laughs> hey man, I'm going down to Mexico quite a bit. We're maybe party a little bit, but no, we had a great time. You know, it took us, uh, uh, you know, about a year and a half to get developed to what we wanted. And, and we started bringing it in. And uh, uh, we, we really enjoyed uh, what we came up with. And then when we started going through the, our distributor route, we started off you know, in Chris's hometown of Chicago and Illinois, and we've had phenomenal success. We've been rocking this since August. Chris, you mentioned, or somebody mentioned earlier about when you were playing and you go out yeah. and have a few drinks, was there a difference between, I look, alcohol content's alcohol content, right? But for you personally, was there a difference between if you had a night out where you're drinking beer versus scotch versus tequila did it matter no i mean honestly the way i felt um i was a beer guy hockey in general the our our guys we're beer guys it's a lot easier to sweat out not so much hard liquor um um that was just the way it was so you know i could drink you know 20 bud lights (laughs) and not feel it the next day they're so light um you just learn to you know discipline part two, but hard liquor just seemed like a lot tougher on you the next day. Even wine, as much as I enjoy wine, you know, sometimes even the best wines you pay for it the next day. But um, the tequila, honest to God, since we've started this and and drinking our tequila, you don't even know you drank the the day before, which is amazing. And it's a great feeling to wake up and feel good. As we all know, that's not the case most times when you go out. Yeah, I do know that. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean... (laughs) Like I said, there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing healthy about drinking. You can't, you know, but if you're going to, you drink the healthiest stuff you possibly can. And, and, and I believe, like, I really believe in this. I can't go back to some of the tequilas I was drinking because I could taste all the sugar and the glycerin, whatever they're adding to give it the color or the sweetness. And you know what? You got to try it and you've tried it. You, you can tell. It's funny because we, you know, we talk about, again, I always tell people that the alcohol content's the alcohol content, whatever you're drinking, right? That said, I do firmly believe that there's a difference between the types of buzz that you get. So if I'm out and I'm drinking a single malt, I'm drinking single malt scotch, it's a different type of buzz than when you're drinking tequila. Something about tequila just makes me feel energized right like you're like yeah this is what it why is that do you guys any theories on that why 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 does drinking tequila make you feel different than drinking the same amount of alcohol in beer for instance 
I mean, I don't only like, like you said, I can't find it during the day. It gives me energy at night, you know, at, at dinner, it relaxes me like it's crazy, but it, it's amazing. Yeah, tequila is a whole different thing. Whiskey used to make me fight. I quit drinking whiskey. You know, that's, <laughs> it's just the way it was, but the tequila, you're right. There's something about it. It's a whole different buzz. I was kind of wishing that you were drinking more when you were back killing the flyers. Uh, you know, it was like every time, <laughs> man, I'd be like, Chelios, damn it. You know, I, uh, yeah, I don't. Were you on Detroit? No, where were you in the '97? No, I was in uh, I was in, in in Chicago. The rivalries we had with Philly were with Montreal. You know, the Hextall days of That's you right. know Brian Prop, and uh, that was. And then the rivalry between I think Detroit actually beat. Uh, they swept Philly in the finals. I wasn't with that team. Then. That was '97. And- I was down in Arizona, and there was a big sports bar down there called McDuffie's. And I went yep. in and just to show you again how many Chicago, Detroit, like Detroit, Midwest people would go down there because of the heat. I went in that bar. It was about 95% Detroit fans. And I come strolling in with my Eric Lindros jersey and <laughs> proceed to watch them kick the shit out of us uh, four games in a row. And then your Blackhawks yeah. and then your, uh, your, your Blackhawks took us down years ago with that phantom goal that nobody knew uh, Patrick Kane scored. Yeah, it might have been Phantom, but it went in. <laughs> it did. But you remember that moment, though? No one knew that he yeah, – only yeah. him and uh, who, somebody else. From the, they're the only two guys that everybody else was like, what's going on? And he jumps yeah. up, and I'm like, I think we just lost the Stanley Cup. Anyway, it's yeah. painful. It's very painful being from Philly. I mean, you guys, right? You get, you know, uh, Jim, you were a Green Bay Packer, so there's a rich history there. Chris, you've obviously got a you're, – you're not unfamiliar with uh, the smell of uh, champagne after a championship – what do I do? Why, 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 did, why is my life so miserable? Why, why did I have to be from Philly? Well, you've had some championships. That's, you know, Broad <laughs> Street Bullies. Broad Street Bullies, man. That's, I was like they, two, even. Yeah, well. <laughs> I, I, I got to tell you, the Flyers don't even, don't get me started. They just make me nuts. Um, yeah. But I wish, again, when, when you would come to town, whoever you were playing for, it'd be like, damn it, going to knock us down, man. And then, Jim Bob, you played in the USFL as well, right? Yep. Yep. And you guys had the Philadelphia stars and, uh, yeah, that's all, all good. Uh, you know, good, good stuff back in those days is that not playing in Philly's a rough go. I mean, when you're throwing snowballs at Santa Claus, I mean, Hey, <laughs> you know, it was rough, but I think it's changed now. And I think in general guys, when you see these new stadiums and stuff going up like that, right. I mean, I think the, the days of like, cause you think that with Chicago too, not green Bay, they're too nice. Uh, but Chicago certainly, Right, that tough the fan base is that's kind of gone away a little bit with the money that it costs to go, you know. Well, when I was playing in the USFL, they had the Chicago Blitz, and I remember um they had Doug Plank on that team, and Doug was one of my idols, and I was lined up against him. He was on special teams, and I go, Doug Plank. I go, Man, I did a report on you in high school. <laughs> and and about a play later, um, somebody is hurt on the sidelines and one of the fans actually threw like a, a, a bottle. This is when you could still have glass in the stands and, and hit the trainer as the guy was attending to him. So yeah, I've seen some pretty rough stuff and some, and some, and some sports towns. I know Chris has got some stories. Well, Chris, aren't you one of the leaders of all time in penalty minutes? Not of all time, but yeah, I, I they weren't quality minutes. So I'm going <laughs> to admit that they were at the end of the game getting kicked out because you're in a bad but there's no question that Philly fans have the reputation. I'll just I'll use a nice word as being the most abrasive fans in all of sports. Well, who was it? Uh, Ty Domi went into the stands in Philly. Do you remember that? Not the stands. No, no. The fan fell into the penalty box. Of all the things you don't want to have happen when you're some asshole and the drunk asshole in the stands is to wind up in the box with Ty Domi. Like yeah, being in the yeah. lion cage. You know, yeah, that's like exactly. Page. I mean, one of, he was right up there. Who was a Probert? You would you play with Probert? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, th- those are the God guys like them. you would never want to be. Dave Schultz from the Flyers way back in the day. If we're going back, so but let's get back to the tequila. We're going to drink. The, I like this, you know, drinking it straight up. But what do you like to do with this uh, cocktail wise? Okay, I'll go first. Uh, Blanco, like I, I drink it neat, straight. Um, I guess Blanco, like you said, I, I like to taste the tequila, so I sip it. You know, on the rocks. You know, no more shots for me. Those days are over. We'll leave that up to the young kids. And then, like some people like that flavor, that the aging and the whiskey barrels, and the, what you were talking about, the, the vanilla and the citrus. So, um, you know, every once in a while, I'll do that too. But I, I just believe that, you know, I like drinking the tequila straight to taste the tequila. 
Um, obviously, margaritas, women love to drink margaritas, and that the Blanco is great for that. And if you want more flavor, the Repo, but um, it's to each his own, like a bottle of wine. But again, the cleanliness of it, um, the smoothness of it. You mentioned the flavor of the agave. While I certainly, if there are Añejo uh, tequilas that I that I thoroughly enjoy, I like sipping on them. My I like Blanco and Reposado because of that very reason, because the longer we spend in the wood, the more of the wood characteristic that's going in there, which I appreciate in a whiskey more than I do in tequila, because the longer it's in there, the less and less you're getting that agave flavor. Yeah, I agree. I, I, we're going to have a really kick-ass anejo. I can tell you, we're going to do some unique things with it. And I've got a bunch of, I've got some, uh, a bunch of this flavor behind me, but I've on the Anejo, I'm like you. I prefer the Blanco and Reposado, and, and I'm a lot like Chris, is that I drink mine uh, straight up, chilled. Uh, I like the Reposado on ice, and I, I just sip it. I mean, it's it's really, you know, those days of shooting tequila, you know, I, I think one of the things that we're trying to introduce is that so many of our fans that are are uh, that are trying it today, they they drink it like we do. I mean, they're sipping it, they're drinking it up neat uh, or on ice, and and really proud of the notion that everybody who 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 so far, I mean, everybody who's been trying our stuff really appreciates it, likes it. And I think they appreciate what the hard work we put into creating it. So, uh, you know, but our nail will be out probably in about another, I'd say, five or six months. We're going to double casket. It. It's going to be. I think one of the better Nehos is going to come out in, in next year. And one of the things that I think is important to any, to a lot of consumers out there now, and you talked about how everything's natural, there's no additives, no, is conscientiousness of, of making it. And one of the things that you guys are doing is you've committed a, a portion of your net proceeds from the tequila as well as 100% from the merchandise to something called uh, sacred. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Uh, is that sacred is uh, saving uh, agave, uh, the culture, recreation, educational development. And, and our buddy Lou Banks, he, uh, he, he basically, we, we've approached him about doing something culturally there in our Mexican communities where we're having it distilled in the farming. And when I first got down there, uh, I, I thought maybe that the people would want, uh, you know, a health center for, for dental or, or for uh, uh, health and so on. And, and so we we had a, several meetings there in the region, and Lou went down there with us as well. And after listening to the community and talking to the people, what they really wanted was soccer fields. Would you build our youth soccer fields for recreation? And and we listened to them, and, and that's what we've committed to. We've got uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars committed to the building of recreational fields there with Lou. And and then uh, we really feel strong about supporting that. Because you talked about our packaging label and so forth. Our label is the community where we're at. It's got the the Highlands. It's got the Agave. It's got the Mariachi. It's got the uh, uh, Cathedral. And we wanted to build that culture into everything that we were doing. And so, yeah, 100% of our sales in regards to our swag and and, uh, the shirts and the hats and so forth goes towards supporting Sacred. And we made an initial commitment as well. So we're really happy about that. I mean, Chris, when are we putting the uh, hockey rink down there? I think it's an untapped... uh right you don't see a lot a big influx of hockey players from mexico but maybe hey austin matthews you know he came out of arizona right yeah yeah and and i believe his mother is is is, her descent is either mexican or something so what his story is amazing for but you know especially it's not like phoenix ever had a great team um and he he grew up idolizing somebody but apparently it was gretzky you got to watch him play but it's not far-fetched you know, that you know, a couple of years ago we only had two Swiss kids in the league, so it's not far fetched that they, you know, build a rink. And that's her, you know, what happened? Look when Gretzky went to LA, look at the boom on the west coast of hockey, what it did. Yeah. So it's going to take yeah. there's a couple, you know, Martinez, there's a you know, there's a, a few Mexican players in the league, and uh, one of those guys should build a rank down there what the heck i like the idea i like the idea we'll run it past lou and we'll get maybe we we'll get some support on that <laughs> it, it might have some merit could have some legs. I wouldn't mind. yeah I'll, <laughs> I'll run a hockey school down there yeah. <laughs> fantastic well listen guys i i first of all i want to congratulate you uh on the success right out of the gate with el bandito yankee tequila company it is available mostly everywhere right and and again at that price point for the quality of that juice i i you know i think you guys are are really on to something here and i wish you the best of success anything you want to add before we uh, hop off here i just want to thank 
thanks for your help. I mean, this is how it starts. And, you know, hopefully from word of mouth and people tasting it, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be big. Well, guys, I, I, I really do wish you the best of success. Jim, Bob, Morris, Chris, Chelios, El Bandito, Yankee Tequila Company. Guys, look forward to seeing you again. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks, Derek. That's going to do it for this episode of the show. I want to thank Chris Chelios and Jim Bob Morris, Scott Alexander. A reminder that I am going to be in New York City. We're doing what we're drinking live at the Stan Club, uh, Stan Comedy Club this Friday, November 12th with Big J, Okerson, Nasha Marrera, Justin Silver, and Brad Jaffe. Come on out. Tickets are available at thestandnyc.com. $20 gets you in and also gets you a cocktail. It's going to be great fun. I would love to see you there. Also, I was on the Adam Carolla show yesterday, Monday, whatever that was, the 8th. Go check that out. We did a liqueur segment on the Corolla show lots of fun and then the next episode of this is going to be that show from the stand so you got to tune in for that one thank you for joining me everybody I know you got a lot of choices out there and I'm so glad that you've chosen to spend some time with me cheers <laughs>